The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13, San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station Channel 1519, Charter Cable in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3, and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada, and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church is located at 1043 Middle Street, the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus, coming soon. Our landmark in Kali for 98 years, and our prayer talk, the first of its kind in Hawaii, used exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hansen, in 1959, who continued the gospel work to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent in homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. We begin our musical program with a song by the church choir who will sing, What a Joy, led by choir director Emilia Hahn. They are accompanied by Teori Summers on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ. Surely it is a joy to become a child of God when we accepted Jesus Christ into our hearts and lives of our personal Lord and Savior. 
Now we have members of the church band to play a beautiful rendition of Just a Closer Walk with Thee, led by yours truly.
Associate Pastor Marvin Abing is our soloist today. He will sing the uplifting number entitled Trusting Jesus. Marvin is accompanied by myself on the piano, and trusty Associate Pastor Evans Pro Senior makes the sound in the guitars. Yes, saints and friends, when we remember to place our trust in Jesus and let him lead us day by day, he will take us through whatever we are going through.
We call upon the church choir once again, who will sing a cheerful number entitled, Joy is the Spirit of Love. Please join in and sing along with our choir, following the words on your television screen. If you've got joy in your spirit, pass it round. If you've got joy in your spirit, pass it round. If you've got joy in your spirit, shout it loud so all can hear it. For joy is the spirit of love. If you've got laughter in your spirit, pass it round. If you've got laughter in your spirit, pass it round. This is the flute ensemble of the church band who play an upbeat rendition of Oh By My with I'll Fly Away. They are directed by Sally Spodgaff and accompanied by Iris Locke on the drums. Mm -hmm. 
recent sees, the musical selection of the Daughters of Judah, our group vocalist for today. They are accompanied by Asusi Pass, Marina being on the bass. This song is dedicated to Ms. Januel Averio of Maui. Hawaii, may the Lord continue to lead, guide, and keep you in the hollow of his hands. And the joy of the Lord be upon your heart. Have a blessed day.
And praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I'd like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station 1519 Charter Cable in Los Angeles from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning a schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, 
gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Kessinari Sr. in Kanakakai Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, and by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawain, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mininao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You're welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hunt Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. We wonders never cease. These weekly telecasts are especially significant to us because they allow us the opportunity to come to your homes and share the glorious gospel of the kingdom of God with you at the push, pull, or turn of your button and in the comfort of your surroundings. May the Lord bless you for taking this time to draw closer to him by reading the word of God with me and receiving today's sermon entitled, Jesus, the greatest teacher for all ages. Every person in the world is a learner. From the cradle to the grave, we are continually learning the great lessons of life. We have some marvelous teachers, experience, sorrow, example, communion with God and fellowship with the greatest people in the world. But today I want to tell you of the greatest school in all the world. <clears throat> it is a school where Jesus Christ is a teacher. He is the master teacher of all ages. It was said of him that he spoke as never a man had spoken before. And he spoke as one having authority. After all these years, we still need to sit at his feet and learn the great lessons of life. <clears throat> Jesus knows more about the stars than the greatest astronomer. He knows more about the flowers than the greatest botanist. He knows more about the human body than the greatest physician. He knows more about the world than the greatest traveler. He knows more about the soul than all the theologians put together. It was written of him and entitled One Solitary Life. Nearly 2,000 years ago in an obscure village, a child was born to a peasant woman. He grew up in another village where he worked as a carpenter until he was 30. Then for three years, he became an itinerant preacher. This man never went to college or to a seminary. He never wrote a book. He never held public office. He never had family nor owned a home. He never put his foot inside a big city, nor it traveled even 200 miles from his birthplace. And though he never did any of the things that usually accompany greatness, throngs of people followed him. He had no credentials but himself. While he was still young, the tide of public opinion turned against him. His followers ran away. He was turned over to his enemies and went through the mockery of a child. He was sentenced to death and hung upon a cross between two thieves. While he was dying, 
is the executioner's gamble for the only piece of property that he possessed on earth, the simple coat he wore. His body was laid in a borrowed grave provided by compassionate friend. But three days later, this man triumphantly arose from the dead, living proof that he was, as he had claimed, the savior whom God had sent, the incarnate son of God. Nineteen centuries have come and gone, and today the risen Lord, Jesus Christ, is the central figure of the human race. On our calendars, his birth divides history into two eras. One day of every week is set aside in remembrance of him, and our two most important holidays celebrate his birth and resurrection. On church steeples around the world, his cross has become a symbol of victory over sin and death. This one man's life has furnished the theme of more songs, stories, and novels, poems, and paintings than any other person or event in history. Thousands of colleges, hospitals, orphanages, and other institutions have been founded in honor of this one who gave his life for us. All the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the governments that ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned have not changed the course of history as much as this one solitary life. Over the centuries, millions have found a new life of forgiveness from sins and peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Today, he offers his life to all who will believe. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but he's passed from death unto life. Has the Lord Jesus Christ changed your life? He can. Paul tells us in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. No man can save himself or keep his soul alive. Salvation is only possible through our Lord Jesus Christ. We read in Ephesians 2, 8-9, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Jesus spoke of the need for a new birth in his talk with Nicodemus. Even though this Pharisee was a deeply religious man, dedicated and obedient to the law of God, it was necessary for him to be born again to God's family. Man cannot bring about this new birth by his own efforts any more than a baby can cause its own conception. Rebirth is something that God initiates and completes. A man becomes a new creature in Christ Jesus. Apart from this spiritual rebirth, man remains outside of God's family. Read in John 3, 3 to 4, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? In John 3, 5, it reads, Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Not to be born of water is to be baptized therein. One must go down into the water, be buried in it, and then come up out of the water. This is how one is born again. Sprinkling or pouring water over your person is not baptism. Baptism means to dip, immerse, or plunge. To be born of the Spirit 
is the baptism of the Holy Ghost or speaking in the unknown tongue. In what name should one be baptized? The answer is definitely in the name of Jesus Christ. After all, the name of the Father is Jesus. The name of the Son is Jesus. The name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. Read in Acts 2.38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You ask, why is the name of Jesus so important? Acts 4.12 declares, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's no name in this world comparable to the name Jesus. Education has made great strides in the last 100 years. Today, we have beautiful and ornate buildings. Today, we have large endowments. Today, we have trained teachers who specialize in certain subjects. Any boy or girl can go to any university he or she desires, yet there is no school in the world to compare with the school of Jesus Christ. You can receive a BA degree by obeying his commandment to be born of water and of the Spirit. Just picture Jesus as he stands before his class, talking about the great themes of time and eternity. Hear what he says in Matthew 11, 28-30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This gracious invitation of our Lord reached beyond Israel to the needy and sin burden of every nationality, creed, and color. For God is no respecter of persons. Over the years, the men of this world have learned their greatest lesson at the feet of Jesus. He spoke as man had never spoken before. Jesus went to a secluded spot upon the mountainside. The probable site was Capernaum. His disciples gathered around him, and he taught and preached the greatest sermon man has ever known, the Sermon on the Mount. As we look upon the blessed Beatitudes given to us by Jesus, we find that each Beatitude begins with the word blessed, which in this case means happy. These Beatitudes were meant to portray the proper character of the children of God. We read in Matthew 5, 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, he doesn't say that people who are poor in material things are automatically on their way to heaven. However, some people believe that such as one man who mistakenly erred by not wanting to get out and work hard and then saying, well, I would rather be poor and go to heaven than to be rich and go to hell. A man does not go to heaven simply because he is poor, nor does he go to hell simply because he is rich. Faith in Christ, Jesus, is the key which opens heaven's door, both to the rich and to the poor. Jesus was speaking here of the humble, the low-minded man. Such a man is conscious of his utter and spiritual poverty. He sees himself as a poor lost sinner in God's sight. Anyone who doesn't see himself as a poor lost sinner can never enter the gates of glory. The proud and haughty man refers to one who doesn't feel any need for Jesus or forgiveness. He holds his head high and marches in his own conceit to eternal death. 
Do you want to see an illustration of this humble spirit? Then look at Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who washed the feet of his disciples, and yet not one of whom was even worthy to tie the trusses of his footwear. Paul tells us in Philippians 2.6, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. There is an example of the right spirit. The spirit of humility is referred to here. It is only by possessing such a humble spirit that we enter the kingdom of heaven. We read Matthew 5, 4, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Jesus was not referring to those who mourn over the loss of a loved one, but to those who mourn over their own spiritual condition. They mourn over their sins, and they grieve over their faults and shortcomings. They are miserable when they fall in the wake of temptation. They weep over it. They cry to God about it. Some people can sin and never feel badly about it, but not so with a true born-again Christian. He or she is brokenhearted over his or her sins and is comforted only when he or she knows that God has forgiven him or her. Isaiah felt this way as we find in Isaiah 6:5, Woe unto me, for I am done, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Peter felt this way when he said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a simple man. If these great men of God felt that way, how much more should we mourn over our sins? Jesus tells us in Matthew 5, 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. A man is meek when he gladly submits to all of God's laws and discipline. This does not mean that he is weak or figuratively speaking, the goody-goody type of a person. Moses was a great leader in his time, yet he was very meek. As he stood above all the men who were on the face of the earth, a meek man is never a braggart. He is never a big shot. He is like Jesus, who was meek and lowly. Such people may not own the earth now, but when Christ returns and takes over, it will be theirs. We read in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. These are those who yearn not to be rich or great, but to be filled with the Spirit of God. And the only Bible evidence of being filled with the Spirit is the speaking in tongues or unknown language. The self-righteous man does not have this hunger. Only a true born-again believer longs to be filled and refilled with the Spirit of God. So it is that a Christian's longing and desires are higher than those of a sinner and a worldling. In Matthew, the fifth chapter, the seventh verse, it says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. These people are full of compassion towards others. They pity all who suffer from sin and sorrow. One morning as I passed the Fourth Street Mall, a man was having his shoes shine. He was in a big hurry. But the boot black seemed slow in performing his tasks. When the man thought it was time enough for the shiner to have finished, he looked down and saw that his shoes were in an even worse condition. 
than when the black boot had begun to shine them. The man had some harsh words for the boot black, and the boot black sadly replied, I am sorry, sir. My mother died this morning. I'm trying to make a little money to buy some flowers to put on her casket. The man saw that the boy's tears had been falling upon his shoes, and that prevented his getting a good shine. He learned the lesson then to be more merciful in the future. And the promise is that when we are merciful towards others, God will be merciful towards us. Matthew 5, 8 reads, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The word pure here means unadulterated. The man who is pure in heart is wholly devoted to Jesus. He will put Jesus first in his life. Morality may keep one out of jail, but it is going to take a pure heart and holiness to see God. Today we see him by faith, but in the world to come we will see him face to face, and we will be like him. Jesus says in Matthew the fifth chapter, the ninth verse, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Here Jesus refers to those who will use their influences to bring a peace, to bring peace between man and God. They strive to make men, regardless of color, love one another, because we are all God's children. Read in Proverbs 6, 16 and 19, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a false witness that speaketh lies, he that soweth discord among the brethren. The worst example of this is seen in the church when someone tries to stir up trouble by gossiping, tattling, causing divisions and pitting one group against another. In James 3.6, we are informed that the tongue is one of the body's most unruly members, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members that it divideth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. God have mercy on the troublemakers in the church while the peacemakers earn the title of children of God. The last beatitude speaks of those who suffer for Jesus' sake as we read in Matthew 5, 10 to 12. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Jesus means those who are laughed at, because they stand for the name of Jesus, because they stand for the sign, Jesus coming soon, above the roof of the temple, because they stand for unjust criticism. We say they are holy rollers. When no one rolls, and that they worship too noisily with the speaking in tongues and clapping of hands, certainly they refer to us. Yes, we are mocked and scoffed at and ridiculed because we live for Jesus. In the old days, apostles were killed and burned at the stake for their loyalty to Jesus. But God remained near them, and the kingdom of God was theirs. Today, our afflictions are much lighter, but the Lord is near us just the same. Jesus tells us to rejoice and be exceedingly glad, 
for our reward is going to be great in heaven. Therefore, be faithful in season and out of season. Bear all things and endure all for Christ's sake. For he that endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved. Now then, these are the characteristics of a true born-again Christian. You will notice the Beatitudes are progressive. One begins with recognition of his spiritual poverty. Then he develops and matures until he is ready to suffer for Christ and rejoice in those sufferings. He is a blessing because he is the salt of the earth. Are you aware that we who have been saved are truly the salt of the earth? We are preserving this earth from becoming even more corrupt through our prayers. Now it was once said that a bag of salt was as precious in Palestine as a man's life. Often in the barren land, lives were saved because salt kept their food fit to eat. Now if salt is valuable to the physical life, so is the Christian valuable to the world's spiritual life. If we took all the true born-again Christians out of the world, then what would be have? There'd be nothing but a decaying civilization which would soon bring about its own destruction. Salt is a great preservative. When I was a boy, my father always raised one or two hogs for food. When we needed food, my father would call us to help in the hog killing. After the hogs were killed and the meat cleaned, it had to be put away for future use. Father would put a heavy layer of salt in a big canister, then a layer of meat, then another layer of salt, and so on. And during the rest of the year, we would have to be perfectly preserved by the salt. Today, in like manner, Christians preserve the very best things of this earth. The world would be totally corrupt if there were no Christians in it. Salt is absolute necessity. We can get along without many with things, but we cannot get along without salt. And Christians are a necessity in a world that is going untoward God. Salt also creates thirst. When one eats a meal which contains much salt, he must keep on drinking water to quench his thirst. Thus, a real Christian creates his spiritual thirst. His life, which is especially fine, sweet, and useful, creates a desire in others to be like him because he is like Jesus. We must also remember that salt preserves and flavors only through contact. And the only way a Christian can bless the world is by witnessing to those who need him. But Jesus said, if salt should lose its flavor, then it would be worthless. How does salt lose its flavor? It does so by being mixed with other ingredients. Thus, when a Christian gets all mixed up with the things of the world, he loses all his Christian influence and usefulness. Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 2, 4, No man that worth integrated himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. Oh, may the good Lord help us to be true salt of the earth by living the life so that others might see Jesus in us. Thus we see the greatest teacher in the world is Jesus. He teaches us to have the right attitude toward God and man. He was not indifferent to other things, but he knew that if he could influence people into the right relationship with God and man, all of life would take on a new meaning. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the Church, and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Han Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. And now the church band will conclude today's telecast with a song entitled Sweeter as the Years Go By.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.